you're listening to Confessions of a Gym Rat, getting you through the 9 to 5 as healthily and happily as possible. Happy Monday. If you're watching on YouTube, I am having a horrible, horrible bad hair day. I have my mirror behind me, but my bangs are giving Dora today. I don't know what I did differently, uh, but that's how we're feeling, feeling going into this episode. But first things first. Before we get into the fun stuff, there is a new place for all things Confessions of a Gym Rat. So you might have seen this past weekend, I started a separate Instagram account just for the podcast, so I don't have to keep flooding my my regular page for all that kind of stuff. So you can follow at Confessions of a Gym Rat on Instagram, and that's where all updates and questions and that kind of stuff, like my question boxes that I do. That's where that stuff's going to be going, going forward. So give me a follow, of course, subscribe on YouTube, but that's enough plugging myself for now. It's Monday when you're listening to this, but I am recording this on Saturday because it is, I'm I'm taking a impromptu rest day today. I normally take my rest days on Sunday, but I switch things around, which I'll get to why. Sunday's also the Super Bowl. I I told you guys how I feel about this Super Bowl. I haven't watched any like pregame shows or stuff like that leading up to it. I do have to say there does look like there's a lot of fun stuff going on in Arizona. And there's just been a lot going on in the football world this past week. I, I apologize if you do not like football. Listen, I'm not like the biggest fan myself. I pretty much, you know, I've I've told you guys, I watch the Giants play. When it gets down to like this time of year in the playoffs and stuff, I'll watch that stuff too. But I'm not a football fanatic, as one would say. But there, uh, there has been a lot of fun stuff that's been going on. I still have to watch on Eli Manning's YouTube channel. Apparently, he played Gronk in in pickleball this past week and I would I need to view that because first of all Eli Manning love him guy carried carried two Super Bowls on his back but he just doesn't look that athletic and I I don't know if I'm just I'm just biased or like scorned by the picture of him on the beach with a tiny tiny little pail where he looks horrendous If you do not know what I'm talking about, please look it up. But I just think like, it's funny because he's obviously an amazing athlete, but he just doesn't, he's like the, he's like the Kevin Jonas of football to me. And that is the only way I can describe it. And from what I've seen, Gronk is hysterical. So I do need to watch that. But I, uh, that's, I guess that's all I'm going to say. I've been. I live so close to Philly and I have so many Philly fans or Philly fans, Philly friends. And I am just praying that by the time you're listening to this episode, the the Chiefs have won the Super Bowl because I just don't, I don't want to deal with it if the Eagles win. Because somehow if the Eagles win, I just know it's going to turn back to like, suck it, Giants fans, look at us, blah, blah, blah instead of them just like having their moment and being happy, like it always comes back as an attack on New York. And I just don't want to deal with it. The Giants are getting better. They're not where they were a few years ago. Brian Dable won coach of the year as, as he deserves. So I see positive things going for the G men in the future. That's all I have to say about the Super Bowl. I'm very sorry to have gone on that tangent. I'm just nervous. I'm nervous. You know, also, I get, I get why, like, we do not have off on the the day after the Super Bowl in corporate America. Like, it's literally not a holiday. But at the same time, I feel like companies need to be a little like, ah, no meetings or like, I don't have to go in on Mondays. But I feel bad for the people that do because that game runs late, and everyone's watching in some capacity. You know, the majority of America's watching. So maybe that's a movement that we could we could start because any listen I don't think that the people that aren't watching the Super Bowl would complain if they got the dead the Monday off after 
And I was talking to my friend that lives in Philly that I went to go visit a couple weeks ago. And she was like, yeah, if they win, like, we're probably going to have off for the parade. And I was just kind of like, damn. I, that sounds nice, to be honest. That does sound nice. But either way, I don't want to deal with it from any Eagles fans floating around my office or on calls. I know I have a Monday call with some Eagles fans. And I don't want to hear it. I just don't want to hear it. But that's enough of that. I've been trying to think of what's really gone on this week. That's interesting. I honestly just worked a lot, which I guess is pretty average. I started, so this week I trained with my friend TJ, who I'll, uh, I'll talk about that more in like my highlights of the week. We trained legs together. Like he took me through like a bodybuilding leg workout and I think I saw the devil himself. I'm not, not joking. I have never spewed so many profanities during a workout before. Like I honestly wish that I was mic'd up and that I recorded it because it was probably hysterical. And then I was thinking, you know how the day after you like drink really heavy or something, you get a little anxiety, you know, it's like anxiety about not knowing like what you did the night before, or things are starting to come back to you and you're just like ridden with embarrassment about that. I need a term for the anxiety you get after a workout, knowing the noises that came out of your mouth. I was making some sounds that in the moment were vital to be getting through the set and the reps, but God, it was I, like, I, I wasn't looking because I was honestly so focused on not going into the light, but I'm sure that people around me were looking and like, is this girl okay? Like, is like, should we call 911? Like, is she, should we stop this? Because I was, I was making some noises. So I think I'm going to coin the word Jimsiety. Does that, does that sound like a good one? Does that, does that sound like a ring to it? Jimsiety. The anxiety you get after a workout, knowing that you were making weird noises. That's our new term. That's, I just coined it right now. If you hear it from anyone else, it came from me first. Thank you very much. But that, it was like super fun in hindsight. Um, I like was trying not to die in the middle of it. And then afterwards I was like, yeah, I do it again. No big, no big deal. But I'll talk about that a little later. <sighs> um, the Grammys, the, the Grammys happened this past week. And you guys know that I love to talk about pop culture and I love music. I went on a whole tangent last week about how much I love music. And I have some thoughts. So I thought that I would break that down into a kind of separate segment just so I could break it down time-wise. And if you don't give a rat's ass about the Grammys, you can just skip forward to the next segment. So let's get started with my Grammys pop culture recap of the week. Oh, the thing about award shows is like this is typically award show season. You know, we had the Golden Globes a few weeks ago. Grammys, there was like, I don't know, there's the Emmys, the Oscars, whatever. Not the point. But this is typically award show season. They just don't take into like the timing for what qualifies like to be nominated or is like reviewed is is a weird time frame. Personally, I think that they should do it by calendar year, like whatever comes out in the calendar year. And award show season should be in like June. So it gives like a six month span from December. But I, I don't honestly don't really know how they do it. I saw like Taylor Swift was there and obviously me being me, I'm like, oh, she's going to go home with everything. Midnight's is going to get everything. And then listening to the nominations and stuff, I was like, oh, yeah. Midnight's wasn't nominated for anything because it came out in October and that isn't in the time frame of whatever qualifies to be reviewed for the Grammys this year. So I guess next year is going to be the big year where Midnight's can be nominated for whatever. But at that point, it's going to be like a year and a quarter old. So that whole thing is, is very bizarre, but 
speaking of Taylor Swift, I'll just let I'll just let the conversation run like that. There there were a lot of moments at the Grammys. Her and Harry Styles had a little moment, little talk. Very wholesome to see. Warmed my heart. But I've been on this for years. I don't think that their relationship was like a genuine one. I don't really paint either of them to kind of be the like type to do fake like Hollywood relationships. But it was at the time that One Direction was super, super popular. Taylor was still with her old management. Harry was pretty young. I I just don't think that that relationship was was real. So it was still nice to see them have a little moment. Harry Styles had a little Taylor Swift moment himself when I, you know, I forget what he won. It was like record of the year or album of the year, something like that. And once again, Beyonce fans cause a commotion, screaming, like you could actually hear it on TV and in the video clips, like Beyonce should have won, Beyonce should have won. If I was Beyonce, I, I would be highly embarrassed that this has happened again. First of all, the woman has the most Grammys in the world. She actually has the most Grammys out of every single person on this earth. Relax. Just like she can't win everything. I'm sorry. She can't. Um, also, it's like I get that you're really die hard for like your person. Like I wish Taylor Swift could win everything. But by causing that commotion, like you're really, really ruining the other person's moment. Harry Styles wasn't the one who decided he was going to win this award. Somebody else did. But by screaming and making that a big deal, it's it's very embarrassing for him. And it was giving Kanye West and Taylor Swift at the VMAs. Very, very much so. And you could see, you guys need to look up clips. Taylor's face when that was going on was like, like PTSD was just written all over her face. And I don't really blame her, but it's kind of just embarrassing. You know, fans, like super fans can be so mean, especially like Selena Gomez fans are so mean. And she's posted so many times, like, please do not attack Haley Bieber. Like, please do not be attacking anyone on my behalf. Like I, I promote peace and happiness and spreading love. Like I do not condone this, but groupies really don't care. They really don't care. Um, but I was happy for Harry. He made a very good point where he said, you know, there is no best when it comes to music because music is subjective. You know, everybody has a different taste. There are some vocalists that are clearly more, uh, I don't want to say, I'll say vocally talented than others. I talked about this a few weeks ago. I love Taylor Swift to death, but Ariana Grande has greater skills. She has a bigger range. She can hit whistle notes. So that's pretty clear. But when it comes to things like album of the year, record of the year, song of the year, like I I couldn't hate pop. I could hate pop and only like rock. And I think that the Red Hot Chili Peppers deserve something or I guess they're alternative or whatever. Um, That's just an example, but music really is subjective. With that being said, the Grammys are rigged. There's, I mean, everything's rigged. Everything that's not like a people's choice is rigged. Beyonce, Cuff It. I think, I believe it was Cuff It won like dance EDM song of the year. And she was up against like Rufus DeSoul, like actual DJs. And I just feel like they could have, they could have, they could have like not given her that one. I think I could be wrong. I think that that was the, the award that pushed her to be the most like the winningest Grammy artist of all time. But Rufus Sassoul, Fisher, Chris Lake, Chris Lorenzo, people like that. They like AC Slater, Skrillex. I'm going on now on a tangent. You don't really see them nominated for a lot of Grammys. Meanwhile, you know, Beyonce, Taylor Swift, 
Adele, Lizzo, they're, they're nominated for everything they possibly could be nominated for. So they, this is like one of those guys, like only chance of getting a Grammy. Are you really going to give like dance EDM to Beyonce? I understand that Renaissance was like a dance album, I guess. But then maybe we should break it up and have EDM separate. Cause I just think that those artists are deserving of recognition and it kind of sucks. Like I'd be, I'd be pissed if I was Rufus and I see that Beyonce's nominated in the same category as me. I'm like, there's, there's no way I'm winning this. It's, it's, of course they're going to pick Beyonce, especially on the award show where she's supposed to tie and or break the record for for the most Grammys that somebody's ever received. That's just my opinion. There's a little bit of blurred lines. Also, they, so they did like, like there's some that it's like, this is so obvious, like who they picked and why they picked it. Willie Nelson won like country album of the year. And like, come on, he was up against Luke Combs. Everybody who likes country music likes Luke Combs. Willie Nelson, he's one of the greats of country. Personally, not really my style. It's a little too, I grew up riding horses on tractors, blah, 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 for me. Um, And it is impressive that he's at the age that he's at and he's still making music. But they totally just gave him that award because they were like, oh, it's Willie Nelson and he's a legend. I think that there were better albums than that. And again, it's like, if I'm Luke Combs, I'm like, I spent, like, I put out a bomb album. I've been hitting great numbers, but I know that Willie Nelson's going to win this one because he's Willie Nelson. And it's just, I don't know. And then they do weird things where it was like song of the year. I've never, I don't even, I couldn't even tell you the name because I've never heard of it. Song of the year, all too well, the 10 minute version was up for song of the year. Song, the difference between song and record is record is about the production and song is about the lyrics. I'm sorry, this is not even my bias. There is not a better written song than All Too Well, especially the 10 minute version. That song has had me in tears, like sobbing since I was in the eighth grade when Red came out. So I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. Also, if I don't care if you're a Taylor Swift fan or not, listen to the song looking at the lyrics or just read the lyrics. That shit cuts deep. Whatever, though. I The Grammys are a little rigged. What are we going to do about it? It's still very cool. It's one of those nights where it's like every, so many different people that I love in one room. Like Bad Bunny killed it opening it. And I'm like, oh, my God, there's Jack Harlow dancing. And then Taylor Swift's up there dancing. And then, oh my God, there's Harry Styles, but you could see Luke Combs in the back. And I was just completely nerding out. I would love the opportunity to be able to go one day just so I could be like, I was in a room with all of these people at one time. I wouldn't know how to act. I probably wouldn't, would tell myself I'm not allowed to drink because I would definitely do something awful, awfully embarrassing if that were the case, but that's it. That's, that's it for the Grammys. I just wanted to get that off my chest. Um, and hopefully, I don't know. I don't know what I was going to say. I just totally lost my train of thought. I said, hopefully, but I wasn't really going anywhere with that. So let's just, let's just wrap that part up. That's it for the Grammys. It's for this week. I briefly went over this in the intro, but I've been waiting to tell you guys. My health and fitness related highlight for the week was the leg workout that I was put through on Wednesday. Uh, TJ, I hope you're listening to this. It was honestly like I needed to train like that. I literally felt like I was going through hell during it, but it was one of those sessions that like one, it was necessary for me because I, it it opened my eyes and made me realize that I wasn't training to my full potential. Um, and it's always the workouts that hurt the most that are the best for you. So I would definitely put myself through it again. I just really did think I was, I was going to see the light, but 
I want to go more in depth on it and talk to you guys about like what was different that than my normal leg workouts and some things that I've learned this week. So I've been doing a lot of reading lately. Um, I've been reading a lot of like bodybuilding textbooks and things like that just so I can keep educating myself and just make sure I'm like constantly being refreshed with information so I could be the best trainer that I can be. And there was something that I kind of realized or, or was brought to my attention this past week. So I've said this to you guys before and I've seen it and it's been proven true. A good rep range for building muscles, like anywhere in between like three and 20, really, or five and 20, they say. So people often ask, like, should I do low, low weight, high reps? Should I do high weight, low reps, blah, blah, blah. Did I say that right? Yeah. Okay. That was right. Um, and the way that I've been training was I've always tried to stick around or I've based my sets around the number 10. So I, to make sure I'm progressively overloading, I want to get to that point where 10 reps is comfortable and then I'll increase the weight. Um, and progressive overload is super, super important. You want to progressively make sure that you are going up in weight and getting stronger, but that was basically it. That's where it started and stopped for me. So I was reading this week, um, in an excite, well, can't say that word encyclopedia. And I've been very frustrated over the years just because my upper body grows a lot faster than my lower body does. It's very easy for me to put on muscle mass on my upper body, but my lower body is a little bit more stubborn. So in this bodybuilding textbook, I read, you know, for, um, trying to gain muscle in the upper body, it's, it's optimal to be performing in between eight to 10 reps. So that's what I do. Perfect. Great. For lower body, it said, you really want to be working more in the 12 to 15 rep range. And I was like, huh, okay, that kind of checks out. Because yes, I've been able to grow my lower body over the years, but not at the same rate as my upper body. I guess I'm not doing enough reps. Maybe I should be increasing the rep range a little bit, even if that means dropping down the weight a bit. So I was already in my mind. And then I went through this bodybuilding style workout and it was very high rep focus. And I've heard bodybuilders talk about using high reps and preferring high reps before, but I've just never really had experience with it. And, and so our workouts were based, like, first of all, if you hit that 10 reps, if you hit 12 reps, if you hit 15 reps and you could still keep going, keep going, keep pushing yourself, push your muscle endurance, test yourself. So that was something that we worked on this week. And I was super grateful to have a partner make me realize that I wasn't pushing myself to my best ability. So although I, yeah, wanted, definitely, definitely wanted to pass out during the workout. Um, it's definitely going to change the style or yeah, the style of my workouts going forward. Um, kind of building on top of that, I'm going to be completely transparent here before this week. I never saw bodybuilding as a sport. Kind of like the way that people are like, oh, cheerleading, like sideline cheerleading isn't a sport, but people argue like competitive cheerleading is a sport, whatever. Not here for that debate. Um, I was kind of like, I don't see bodybuilding as a sport. Like they just go to the gym. Like I go to the gym and it's not like just because you're competing doesn't mean it's a sport. My perception on that has completely changed. Um, I still stand where I stand with bodybuilding. Like, I don't think I'm ever, I don't think, no, I don't know. I believe, holy crap, I'm messing up my words here. I know, that's what I meant to say. I know that I'm never going to go into a competition. Many reasons, I've talked about it before. Number one, love, love to drink some tequila. 
and go out with my friends. Uh, two, I just, I don't think mentally, like mentally, it's just not something I want to do. I don't think I would bounce back from being my lowest body weight ever to then like going back to a normal healthy weight. I just don't think that I could handle it that well. Um, it's expensive and I don't know. It's just, it's just not really my thing. Like I work out for myself. Uh, I don't, I'm like, I'm very happy where I am. And I think that competing and like risking, like not placing first or like losing, you know, would ruin that for me. So I'm not going to go into bodybuilding. Let's not get that twisted or competitive bodybuilding, I should say, but I can definitely understand why it's a sport now. The muscle endurance that you need to have is insane. If you want to do, so the thing with bodybuilding is it's not like an organized sport. It's not like you're going to soccer practice and your coach is telling you, all right, run a lap or let's do juggles for one minute and let's box for one minute and let's practice PK kicks. Like you're not really, nobody's there unless you're training with a partner to like force you to do things. So if you really give it your all and you're really pushing yourself, the muscle endurance that it requires is insane. My, my legs were screaming. I have never, I like when you work out a muscle, we get a pump. You guys know what a pump is. The blood flows to that muscle group. Of course, I've gotten a leg pump, a quad pump in my life. Not, not shocking. My quads were so pumped that I could actually feel the heat from the blood in my thighs. My thighs were like hot to the touch because of the blood in there. Um, it, I kept like, I would think that I, I was done one more rep and he was pushing me like, no, you have more in you. You have more in you. And my legs were screaming. They were on fire. So the muscle endurance that it takes to get through these workouts is, is ridiculous. And honestly, very impressive. And no, it's like when you get on a stage, you know, you're not exercising for someone like, like powerlifting, you know, you're doing the lift on stage, but the training that it takes to get there, I think could be classified as a sport. That's just my, that's just my personal take. I, I know that a lot of people see it differently, but I could definitely appreciate that part of it after, after today. Um, so that was, that was my fitness related highlight. Now I should have wrote this down before, but I'm trying to think of my non fitness related highlight from the week. Cause it honestly was a pretty standard week. You know what I'll say? Huh? You know what I'll say? Okay. Oh, I know. I, <laughs> this is kind of, this is kind of dumb. Like you guys are going to listen to this and be like, really? Like, seriously. Um, but my non-fitness related highlight, I cooked my very first steak this weekend. Thank you very much. I've cooked steak before. I, I worked at this place called Bubba Coos. If, and the name, it's, it's like poison off my tongue. Um, if you're they're they're kind of spreading all over the place now, but if you're in the Jersey, New York area, you've definitely heard of it, but it's a Chipotle style restaurant. I've had to cook steak there, you know, but it's not anything special. It's like, you're not cooking it to a certain degree. It's just one minute on each side done. They're little tiny cubes cooked well done. So this week it was 60 degrees outside, which does not happen in Jersey in February. So that's alarming, but it was 60 degrees. So I said to my mom, it was Friday and she was going to the store and I had ran out of meal prep. I only meal prep Monday through Thursday. So I texted her and was like, I could really use a steak right now. Could you get me a steak? And she's like, what kind of steak? And I'm like, well, I don't know because I've never cooked a steak for myself. I know what steaks that I go and eat like, you know, when I'm at a restaurant, but I don't, I don't know. Like I was like, I don't know, mom, just, just pick a steak. So she got me a New York strip steak and, 
I have to say it requires very minimal effort, but I did it all by myself on the grill. And I think that's something to be proud of. I've, I've been really trying to expand, like, like venture out into the grill area this past year, uh, just because I need to be a big girl and learn how to cook more diversely. So, so far we've cooked hot dogs, hamburgers, chicken, asparagus, and steak on the grill. I, I don't, I think that's pretty good. Not many, you can't, you don't see many girls handling a grill these days. And I feel like I was always like, oh, my brother can do it. My dad can do it. My mom can do it. Um, But now I'm in charge, bitches, and I made my own steak. I, uh, I like my steak medium rare. Listen, if I could eat it rare, I would. Like, no, I can eat it rare. I just think that for health purposes, like, Medium rare is probably a little safer, but I would eat rare without a problem. The bloodier, the better for me. No one likes a leathery steak. And if you do, then you probably should just not waste the meat and just eat chicken instead. Just, just my opinion. But uh, I, I cook my steaks medium rare, so it was a pretty thin one. I did like seven minutes on each side, and I seasoned it before with garlic salt and pepper, and it was, it was quite delicious, so... I know that's kind of dumb, but it was a big milestone in my life. And that that is my highlights for this week. We have a long-awaited topic to discuss this week. I have gotten many, many questions um, throughout the years, and especially recently on my question segment, asking me, how the heck do I engage my core? What does that mean? Or I'm getting lower back pain when I do this or that or blah, 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 blah. So in, in, in the spirit of Valentine's Day and because I am stupidly quirky and love to use puns, I decided to title this episode, My Achy Breaky Back. Also, also a little, uh, little shout out to Billy Ray Cyrus there. But instead of achy breaky horror, achy breaky back, you got it. Did that go over your head? I don't know. But I thought we would sit down and have a whole discussion about engaging your core and training core and all, all that stuff that goes into it and what I personally do. So let's 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 buckle up and dive into this one. For a very long time, I had no idea what engage your core actually meant. So I I would hear it and, you know, you hear people all the time, engage your core, engage your core. And it's like, okay, but how? Like, what does that mean? Like engage your core. So the way that I think about it is very simple. Engaging your core means you're squeezing through it, right? But how do we do that? If I were to take my hand if I'm standing right in front of you and I was going to take my hand and wind it up like I'm going to punch you in the stomach and you saw my fist coming, how, how would your body react? You would squeeze. You would tighten your center. You know, it's like, this is going to be a little TMI. Not TMI, but like I'm really going to be blunt about it. You got to squeeze your butt cheeks too. You do. You just got to squeeze at your whole center so you should feel tightness. And if you are still struggling with that, literally picture my fist coming towards your stomach and how you'd flinch. And oh my God, I'm flinching so much on YouTube right now. I'm so sorry for the, for the graphics. I just, I'm Italian, you know, I, I get really into it, but that's how you engage your core. You really want to squeeze through it. That means that there should be no curve or roundness in your back as well. Every, so standing exercises are a pretty common one, especially with girls. Um, I don't know why, but like we tend to just stick our butts out a little bit. You know, I don't know why it's just a natural thing. I catch myself doing it all the time, but by sticking our butts out the bottom of our spine. So our lumbar spine, that's the bottom part, slightly curves. And it might not seem like a big deal, but that arch is putting stress on your back. When you're engaging your core and squeezing, 
your butt's going to tuck in. Like I said, you got to squeeze the cheeks and your back should be a straight line. So if you think you're engaging your core, turn to the side and look at yourself in the mirror. Obviously, you know, our butts, our butts come out, you know, if you got a little cheekage, it's going to come out, but make sure your spine isn't curving. That's how you know if you're engaging your core. And a lot of people mistake it and think that engage your core means suck in, but it, 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 those are two different things. You know, you don't want to suck in. You want to squeeze at the core. And that kind of goes into, like, we could have a, we could talk a little bit about lifting belts. I've been hearing a lot of crap from people lately, like, oh, lifting belts don't work. Like, you can't engage your core if you use a lifting belt. And that's a, that's a whole bunch of hullabaloo. That's what I say. You don't want to have a lifting belt on the tightest notch. You know, like when you put on a lifting belt, it's not a, it's not a waist trainer. First of all, don't even be wearing a waist trainer, but I won't get into that. But it's not supposed to suck you in like high-waisted jeans. You want to have it on the second to, excuse me, tightest knot. So it gives your room, your stomach room, for when you brace your core, the front is a wall that your core can brace against. So think about if I'm, if I am squatting, let's say, when I go down, like I want to be engaging my core. So I'm squeezing and my stomach then presses out to touch the front of the lifting belt. And that creates a wall for me and helps helps create some sturdiness there. On the opposite end, because our cores, you know, involve the whole midsection, the back of a lifting belt provides a wall to stop you from curving. Squats, deadlifts. I see a lot of people deadlift and they come up and they hyperextend and lean backwards and you don't want to curve that spine. Curving your spine is going to be it's a death sentence for you. Speaking from firsthand experience, I did it for way too long. Um, and then consequentially took many trips to the chiropractor, but that is what engaging your core means. So don't just suck in, squeeze, squeeze at the core. I think I've said squeeze at the core like 17 times now. So I'm going to, I'm going to move on. A common misconception is that people think that your core is your abs. Your core is your entire trunk. It's your entire midsection front and back. So there's a difference between training abs and training core. Your abs are the front part of your core, but your spine makes up for a large portion. And if you're not working to strengthen that, it's it's a huge disadvantage, you know, and like, it's going to make those times where you accidentally slip up a lot more painful. So what do, what do I do? What do I do to strengthen my core and my abs? We'll talk about both. I train, I'll say quote unquote core. I'll, no, I'll say I train core or abs specifically like isolated three times a week. Uh, Right now I'm doing a shoulder and core day. So I'll end with a core circuit or I'll superset with some core exercises in the workout. Depends on the week, honestly. But these exercises are core focused, not ab focused. So I do things like dead bugs, bird dogs, supermans, um, Thing, things things like that, weighted planks, like things that will work my entire core, not just the abs. And then two other days a week, I'll do two ab circuits at the end of my workout. And those are more just ab-based. Uh, crunches, like oh my, various crunches, V-ups, v leg raises, hanging tucks, all that kind of stuff. By the way, didn't know this until recently too. Crunches are preferred over sit-ups because sit-ups, the range of motion and the path that your spine is taking can actually put a lot of stress on your spine over time. So if you're looking to train your abs, like I would highly recommend doing crunches instead of sit-ups. If you have an extremely strong core, whole core, 
then your back will be more protected. But if you do not have a strong core, definitely, definitely recommend crunches over sit-ups. Um, but anyway, two days a week, I will do ab circuits. And I would say like, I kind of train a little bit of core every single day because I do a lot of yoga and a lot of yoga, you know, we end with core stuff. Like every time we, you plank, like go through a flow, you're using your core. Um, even in, in like warrior two, you know, I, I want to make sure like my spine isn't curved. So I'm squeezing and engaging at the core. So those are the ways that I work to strengthen my core. And just like everything else, if you really want to build like the core muscles, make sure you're incorporating weight in there. Now, what like if you're feeling this like so the whole core talk kind of talks into or kind of encompasses lower back pain. And I get a lot of questions about like I'm doing this and I'm feeling lower back pain, like what am I doing wrong? If you are, if you get any sharp pain in your back while doing an exercise, it's a, it's, it's an indicator that you're not engaging your core or that your back is inflamed. So it could really be one of two things. You know, I've had to go to a chiropractor for, because my back does get inflamed when you're doing exercises such as quad focus exercises, you know, a lot of blood is rushing down into your legs and it gets stuck in that lower back area, which is why you'll feel like the heat and the burn. Um, but so if you're doing your exercises correctly and that's why you still feel it, that could be like a little indicator why, but if you're feeling any sharp pain in your lower back during any exercise, the first step I would recommend to do is to sit down and check your form. Practice it in the mirror at home. Take a video of yourself at home working through the movement and look at your, your spine. A common one is RDLs. A lot of people feel pain in their back while doing an RDL, and that's because they're sucking their stomach in. They're not squeezing at the core, and their spine dips a little bit when they go down. So you really it all comes back to that. You want to make sure that you are squeezing and if you have a problem where you find like you're hyperextending during exercises, highly recommend getting a lifting belt. When I do overhead presses with the barbell, it's natural for me to want to push my stomach out and then my spine curves. So I put on a lifting belt to remind myself, squeeze at that core. And God forbid, like I do start to lean a little, the belt will stop it, if that makes sense. Other key... In indicators or things to look out for, I, I should say, is if you are doing a seated exercise besides like um, seated or lying down exercise, I should say, besides the bench press, which I think we've talked about before, you want to make sure that your spine is flushed against the chair, bench, floor, whatever it may be. You want to, again, squeeze at that core and press that spine down so, you, so there's no gap in between you and the seat. A common one, something that I struggled with for a while was my shoulder presses. I'm sitting against the bench and there was a gap in between my lower back and the bench. And that's where my spine was curving and it was putting a lot of pressure on my back. So I make sure I'm tucked in, engaged at the core, and that I can feel my spine against that chair. And that's how I know that I'm engaging my core. And that's just, so that's just a little thing to look out for. Um, but that's a, I don't know. That's, I guess that's really all I have to say on it. It sounds a lot more like, it sounds like there would be a lot more to it than it is, but you just have to know what an engaged core feels like and looks like. And then what exercises can you do to strengthen it? What are the difference between ab exercises and core exercises? And I gave you a few ideas before. So one last tip that I'll leave with you. Remember that your neck is an extension of your spine. So things like RDLs, you want to be looking down at the ground, not up. Your neck is, is part of your spine. So if your neck is curved too, that's going to put some stress on you. 
So wherever your spine is, you want your neck to follow that straight line, if that makes sense. But yeah, so that is how to engage your core. That's that's all things core talk. And if you guys still have questions, you know that you can always ask me questions in the question box and we can continue the conversation. But hopefully that did not bore you and that was that was somewhat helpful. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's get into some questions for the week. And I have brought the energy. Like I say, every single week, I put up question polls on my story. So you could submit it that way, or you could just send me a DM. Question boxes will be up on the new Instagram. So again, at Confessions of a Gym Rat, if you want to submit your questions, that's where the question box is going to be, not on Lifts with Liz anymore. But let's let's jump into this week's questions. We don't have too, too many, so I guess it'll be a fairly short one. The first question asks, well, it's not really a question, but it says dealing with the difficulties of balancing gym relationships and work. Um, this is kind of a weird question because I feel like gym relationships and work don't correlate. Like there's not like I don't see how I would like how those two I'm more concerned on like how I balance like my social life, like my friends and stuff and those types of relationships and work. My gym relationships, like honestly, really just stay in the gym. I'm not going to lie. Like I have people that I would definitely say I have friends in the gym, but it's kind of easy to balance those because I go to the gym and I see them, you know, and then I leave and I don't really see them outside. So I'm going to change that to social like my social life and work. And that is, I, I don't do anything during the week. If I do, then I need like at least over a day's notice so I can plan out my day. Um, but I really don't do things during the week because I have a strict schedule. You know, I personal train in the morning and then I go to work all day and then I go to the gym at night. And by the time I get home, it's like, I need to go to sleep and get, get enough sleep so I could do it all over again the next day. So my weekends are my social time and I don't really know how to go more in depth with it. You know, it's like, I'll talk to my friends when I talk to my friends, when I, like, you know, when I have a moment, I think Snapchat really helps a lot because it's easier to just like staying, stay in touch with someone, even though I'm, I'm horrible at answering Snapchats, but I basically keep my weeks very, very strict. And then my weekends are all for my friends. Second question. How much cardio do you do during the week? Great question. So my answer might be a little bit different than somebody else's because I have a desk job. So especially on the days when I go in the office, it's like I'm sitting for the majority of the day. I don't have an active job. So I do some sort of cardio every day, but I would say I do medium to high intensity cardio like three or four times a week. So right now I'm bulking, so I'm not really doing any high intensity cardio, but on my upper body days, I'll end with like a bike ride and I end every single workout, no matter what day it is with a walk on the treadmill, nothing too crazy. But like I said, I'm sitting all day long, so I don't get that movement in. Like when I'm done with work, my steps are at like 2000 or like 3000. So I do like a 15 minute walk on the treadmill just to get that extra movement in. And when I'm cutting, I'll just switch and I'll do high intensity cardio. Like right now I'm kind of just chilling on the bike and trying to just get a a few extra calories in because I haven't moved during the day. When I'm cutting in the summer, I'll really focus on high intensity cardio and pushing myself and, and all that stuff. Next question. Best way to not get burned out from the gym. Um, So this is going to be different for everybody. Everybody's mental capacities are different. And it really, like, I say this all the time when people ask me, like, what motivates you? How do you not get burned out? It comes down to discipline, you know? There are some days, like, honestly, I woke up today. And because, or not today, I woke up yesterday and was like, I really don't want to go to the gym today. Like I got other things to do. Like I don't really feel like going, but it's not an option. 
you know, I keep going. So on the days personally for me that I'm like, oh, I really don't want to do this, but I know like it's not in the cards to so not go. Um, I look for motivators and in, like ways to inspire myself. So I'll go on Instagram and I'll check out someone's workout page, you know, and be like, okay, like this looks really cool. They're such a badass. Like I want that feeling. I'm going to feel great after I go to the gym. I write up my workouts beforehand. So it gets me a little excited to go. And if you are really feeling burned out, then look for other forms of exercise. You know, maybe you're getting really sick of the gym. So try a spin class or go on a run outside and, you know, find like, if you're really feeling burned out, find different ways of movement that excite you. That's what's most important. You know, you want, yeah, that's what's most important. And then oh, guilt. single. Okay. No comment on that. Last, last serious question on here. Need more info on bulking and cutting. Um, so I already put out two episodes all on bulking. So you could check those out there. I, I honestly don't know when they're from. I will talk a little bit more about cutting when I get into that time of the year. Unfortunately, just saying need more info. Like I can't give a whole lesson right here, right now on that. Um, but I do have two episodes on bulking out. So that's it for questions this week. When you guys are asking your questions though, just make sure there's something that like I can actually answer and they're not just vague. Cause I'm not going to go on like, you know, like a 15 minute tangent on blah, 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 blah. Um, so just try and be specific and I will answer to the best of my ability. So Y'all know the deal, and I'm excited to see what questions you bring next week. All right, everybody, that pretty much wraps up this week's episode of Confessions of a Gym Rat. Make sure you follow me on Instagram and TikTok at Lifts with Liz, but make sure that you follow the podcast Instagram at Confessions of a Gym Rat for all things podcasts. We're also on YouTube, Lifts with Liz, and all that good stuff. I will be back next week with a fun interview for you guys. So I hope you enjoyed today's little bit of a shorter episode. Have a fabulous week. And I'm channeling right now that the Eagles do not win the Super Bowl. But unfortunately, by the time that this episode is out, it will be too late and the fates will be decided.